How's your pandy? How's the pandy been for you? Huh? How's the is good pandy, bad pandy? Post pandy, it's going to be good. But right now, we're still end game pandemic. And of course, as we talk about on the radio program, the pandemic has been a story of two different pandemics: those of a certain uh, amount of wealth and above doing very well, either you know, either the same or considerably better than before the pandemic, and those below at suffering all kinds of negative impacts in terms of income, risk, exposure to COVID-19. It is a story also of wealth being transferred from workers and the middle class in terms of our tax dollars and going directly into the pockets of executives and the shareholding class. Money designed to support industry and workers is dispersed into stocks, and then it's given out in other bonuses. For example, the story in the Globe and Mail, Air Canada, as it negotiated that $5.9 billion rescue plan with the federal government, executives and managers received $10 million in what's called COVID-19 pandemic mitigation bonuses. There's other stock awards as well, all designed to compensate executives and managers for salary cuts that the airline had announced during 2020. That story by David Milstead in the Globe and Mail today, and David joins me on the line. Hi, David. Good morning, or good afternoon. <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, so this was in the proxy circular. Give me a sense of the kind of payout we're talking about. Sure. Well, you know, the, the uh, I think Air Canada feels that they did that they showed a lot of discretion uh, in this because a lot of these executives made less in 2020 than they did in 2019. Now, the company lost billions of dollars in 2020 because of the pandemic, which they didn't do in 2019. So that's kind of an important factor to consider. But yes, they were they had started the year with a plan to give out bonuses based on how profitable the airline was going to be because they expected to be profitable. And then when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, they were like, oh, we're not going to be profitable. So they made a whole bunch of changes to their compensation plan to to uh, avoid not paying the executives because of unprofitability and find a way to to pay them something. Uh, and to you and I, that looks like an awful lot of something. Uh, yeah, it certainly does. When you have a failing company or a company that's not making money, it, it, it seems counterintuitive, especially when we're talking about taxpayer money going eventually into this uh, company to profit up. Is there part? Is there something in the the, the new plan, the this bailout plan that says there are limits on executive compensation? There is, but it's go, it's forward looking. It's going forward. So when they struck the deal in mid April, I actually there's a little line in my story I found that Air Canada went and they took away some stock awards for the executives that they'd given them just five weeks prior. So every indication is that going forward, they're following the limits in the plan. But at the time these compensation decisions were made, uh, early in 2021, late in 2020, they, the deal wasn't final. So there were no limits on compensation at the time these decisions were made. Uh, David, I've followed your reporting uh, throughout the pandemic as you uh, dig through these these financial reports. And g- can you give me a higher level assessment of, of what you're seeing in terms of companies who perhaps are taking federal money in some way or another and still paying out stock uh, either uh, either buyback stock or there's some sort of payout on stock bonuses, something like that? 
Yeah, I, I think the high, my high-level analysis is that companies, whether they took government money or not, view the pandemic as something that wasn't their fault and wasn't the fault of the executives. And they still want, they believe that these people are going to go leave for another job somehow if they're not paid some something resembling the millions of dollars that they made before. So they have many of them have contorted themselves into changing their compensation plans to still make payouts. They've looked at these targets that they set in early 2020 before the pandemic, and if they kept to them and the profit numbers were bad, they wouldn't be paying bonuses. They wouldn't be paying so much in stock, but they said, oops, sorry, you know what? We're not going to follow that plan anymore because we're not going to be profitable. So let's shift the plan and make it more about managing through the pandemic. And, you know, managing through the pandemic was tough work for an executive, but it was really tough work for all of us. Yeah. And but then you look at executive compensation and the way things it's kind of a you know shell game as you move around. You know, I think of um, Darren Entwistle from TELUS, for example, some of your reporting previously on mm-hmm. that, where, you know, he makes a lot of news for making a, a, a significant um, donation from his 2020 salary. Uh, but yet then he still, what did he make, like 27 percent more at the end of the end of the year? Yeah, one of the things that, that I think that a lot of people fail to realize when there were all these companies making what you would call performative announcements about how their executives were taking salary cuts Modern executive compensation, that weekly paycheck is such a small fraction of what they ultimately get. Most executives, that salary that is, by the way, a million dollars a year generally for the big companies or more, uh, that's still just 10 percent or so of, of what they're making in total you know, because they're making – $6 million, $10 million or more at Canada's biggest companies because the compensation is so weighted towards bonuses for performance and big chunks of stock. So when these salary cuts were going on during the pandemic and people said they were going to take a 10% salary cut or 20% salary cut, I certainly you know, looked at that and said, well, whoop-de-doo. And I did write a column earlier this year that, that pointed out those numbers and said, you know, this was not, this was more like a one or 2% cut. And by the time we all looked at the end of the year. Hmm. David, great talking to you. I hope you come back on to talk more about it. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you very much for having me. That is David Milstead from the Globe and Mail, who writes in the report on business section, talking about uh, what's really happening in C-suites across this land. Uh, executive compensation is as it was, right? And the the gulf between the haves and the have-nots continues to grow. It accelerates, and it has accelerated over the course of this pandemic. And there will be far-reaching implications as a result of it. The pandemic will end. It'll be post-pandy. We'll all go back to crowding into bars and doing all the rest. And the rich will have been cons- considerably enriched. They will be far, far ahead. The middle class will have shrunk, and lower income will all be gig workers, right? 